On this episode of the pod, we discuss the next episode of Westworld, Vanishing Point. We can hardly believe we're nearing the end of season two already. Hello friends and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Each week we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. So, what's up man? How's it going? It's going pretty good. Glad to be recording. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Just stayed in most of the day. Uh, It's starting to snow again, so hopefully... Yeah, it doesn't accumulate too much that we'll have to miss school tomorrow, but yeah, yeah just keeping it chill. What about you? Well, and it, you been doing anything recently? Uh, not too much. Kind of staying in. Um, I don't remember if I said it on the last podcast or not, but like a week ago, it was like 70 to 80 degrees in Texas, oh, yeah. or at least in Dallas area. And nice. then the past few days, has been in like the 40s. Or Ooh. even like thirties, so that's typical Texas weather. That's true. That's true. So pretty up and down. So just kind of staying in. Um, so yeah, a ton of people I know have been getting sick this week. So mm-hmm. not too too much. Um, yeah, yeah. So overall, pretty chill. Just nice. trying not to get sick. Trying to stay in. True. You've been doing a lot of home brewing then. Uh yeah, a little bit. I I think I finally finished that White Rock. Oh okay, um, nice. Yeah, That's, it took it took a while it took actually, a while. surprisingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just kind of doing my standard V sixty. Um, still using that metal uh, pour over filter, which I think makes a big difference, at least for what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fuller body, and also like it just kind of rounds out the acidity i feel like because i i, I use the paper a couple of times and i just feel like it's more acidic than i would mm. prefer okay um so add some of the oil in i feel like it kind of just rounds it out makes yeah, it yeah. overall more pleasant at least for me so yeah. yeah nothing too exciting in the coffee world for me this week that yeah. can come to mind at least um yeah how, how have your brews been what what you've been doing um, I have been on the French press for the past two days. Oh. Um, and I've been kind of coffee crazy lately. I've been drinking, well, not two cups, but two brews for oh. the most part every day. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to knock out these beans. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Is, is there a reason for that? You just really into coffee or you just really tired or what? Uh, I'm I'm trying to honestly finish these beans that I, I just got laying around. Like I have, I have the white rock ones from our tasting. Um, I still have the Ethiopian special beans you gave me from Addison. Oh yeah. And then I um, also have. Uh, I just finished the the um, Accentuar or what the brand was for the Oak Cliff special oh, sure. roast. Uh, I just finished that. So I, I'm just working through a lot of these specialty coffee beans that wow. I have a surplus on. Yeah, got a, lot, got a lot of options. Yeah, which it reminded me of uh, our conversation like a while ago about like having a daily drinker versus having mm-hmm. like a really nice bean. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you feel kind of this way, but it's almost like, I don't know, maybe 
maybe maybe I don't drink enough coffee, but if I buy a nice bag of specialty beans, in order for it to be brewed fresh every time, I think I would only have to drink that bean. Like I couldn't switch mm-hmm. to like a daily drinker. You know what I mean? Or else yeah, it'll sure. kind of stick around too long. Yeah, my general practice is to try to just have one bag of beans at a time if I can. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, yeah, we, we did talk about kind of having a more average daily drinker, mostly to save on cost, really. Right. But then if you have that and you buy your occasional, like, you know, a little more pricey, more specialty bean, mm-hmm. like, either way, I feel like you got to commit to one. Right. So, I don't know, I feel like what I, well, yeah, I just kind of choose one. And just gonna buy it and just drink that until it's gone. Just mm. gonna buy the next. Um, I generally would probably buy more just specialty beans, anyways. Yeah. If I think back on my purchases. Um, but okay. Yeah, it's it's hard for me yeah. to juggle multiple beans just because I know they're getting older. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's Which, just yeah, not not one of my preferences. Yeah. Which I wonder is like an untapped area in the market of specialty coffee because it's very different from the way that I think my parents or just Asian families uh, may treat teas. Like when you invite someone over to your house to have tea with you, you usually have a selection of teas to choose from. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, for one thing, tea doesn't go bad like coffee. Like they don't really have a strict freshness uh end date and also they just i think they just keep longer um so yeah i wonder if there's like a untapped market within third wave coffee uh like a like uh some more small batch uh roasters mm-hmm. um that can maybe you know roast in small batches and sell them in smaller batches so that you can have like a nice selection kind of hanging around yeah, I think I think standard bag nowadays is around like 340 or like 360 grams. I'm not 100% sure. Somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um but I remember buying a bean one time. I think it came in like 280 grams. I remember it was like, wow, this bag is really small. Oh, um, yeah. And then it was like the same price that I usually paid. Sure. I was like, yeah. uh so yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's probably hard to scale it down, right? Um, just from like a cost, cost kind of thing. Um, but I think it also depends where you buy your beans because some places that I've been to will sell like half pound, full pound, or something like that. Uh, mm. Whereas other places, it just kind of sell. I it's, I think it's around like three fourths a pound is the three forty grams or so. Okay. Um, yeah. I know sometimes roasters will do like a special like uh, sampler kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of I think more around Christmas or like the holidays for gifts. It's not a thing that they kind of do on the regular. Okay. Um, yeah, hmm. I don't know if it's harder to make money on that if the bags are too small or what. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, I hmm. don't know. Or maybe people just drink a lot more coffee than us. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think that's true. No. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I I would be interested in some like yeah, like a, a roaster that specializes in sampler bags or like has a more small batch approach. Or maybe like the answer to that dilemma is getting into green coffee and mm. roasting it yourself because then I mean those those beans last longer because they're not roasted yet. And you mm-hmm. can even tweak them to kind of squeeze out the kind of profile that you want for each bean. I've I've definitely thought about that. And it's just a whole other whole other world to get into. Yeah. But I think at some time I would like to try try my hand at, at roasting a bit. But I think if my availability and my finances will have to kind of make it right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah you, you listeners, yeah, let us know. Like, what do you guys think about um, specialty coffee or third-way coffee entering more of a small batch market? Um, and also, you know, how do you do your, your daily drinker? Do you just, you know, drink your specialty coffee, buy one bag and, you know, drink it out? Or do you buy in multiple bags and risk them uh, not being as fresh when you brew them in the long term? So I'm just curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's a pretty common problem for me. Yeah, it, it was a lot easier when I had a roommate that also drank coffee. So we yeah. would we go through the bags pretty quick, and so we could kind of choose and just kind of buy some stuff together. But if it's mm-hmm. just you drinking a bag, a bag will usually last me like two weeks or so, maybe. Only I calculated weeks? it out. I think it's around 13 cups, I think. Wow. So depending how often I do my pour overs, um, yeah. So it just kind of depends. Hmm. And that's assuming I drink at home every day, though, which doesn't always happen. So it usually just sure. kind of extends it out. Yeah, yeah. I uh, quick other comment. Been I've been drinking this um, Panama- Panamanian bean uh, that my um my uh educational aid gave to me at school oh, yeah. and um it's uh by a brand called duran Cof- cafe puro and i'll see if i can find it and put it in the show notes mm-hmm. but um man it tastes really good it's uh oh. yeah it's i would say it's um i would call it a savory bean mm. it's got like a nice round mouth filling like aromatic profile uh, not not tea like at all. Like just very cozy and mm. um, like savory. So like it's not you can't. I mean, I guess it is sweet, uh, but but more savory because I don't know. It hits more of those. Um, I guess like dark chocolate notes. Yeah. yeah. So Panama. yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Thanks for chatting with me about the coffee. Uh, I know we got a lot to talk about today in Westworld. It's a pretty oh, yeah. juicy episode. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said at the top of the show, we're talking Season 2, Episode 9, Vanishing Point. And as always, I'm going to read a summary. It's a little bit longer this time around, but that's just because so much is going on in this episode. So, yeah, we can get right to it. On this episode of Westworld, we dive deep into William's family. We learn that Julia suffers from alcoholism and that William and Emily had attempted to commit her to a rehab clinic. After coming home from a Dallas charity event, William tucks a drunken Julia to bed as she accuses William of hiding behind his philanthropic facade. 
Julia discovers William's card, which was given by Ford, and she views a profile of William's second life in Westworld. Distraught by all of William's lies, Juliet hides the card in Emily's music box and overdoses in the bathtub. In the present, Emily and William await at the rally point for the Dallas troops. William, still skeptical of Ford's meddling, accuses Emily of being a host made by Ford to distract him from destroying the valley beyond. Emily shares that she only seeks to better understand her mother's motives and repair the brokenness within their family. The Dallas troops arrive, but William is too far gone into insanity and kills all the troops. As Emily reaches to show William his profile card, William shoots and kills Emily, later finding that his data card was in her hand. Riding away, William holds his gun against his head, but is unable to pull the trigger. Instead, he falls on his knees and draws his knife, preparing to cut into his forearm to see if he is a host. In the Mesa, Ford leaves Bernard to Maeve, who has a special message delivered to her through the Mesh Network. Ford speaks to Maeve and shares that she was his favorite. He had intended for Maeve to escape Westworld, but underestimated the complexity of his creation. Ford kisses Maeve on the head and unlocks Maeve's mesh network, possibly allowing Maeve to regain control. Bernard reconnects with Elsie and is set out for the valley beyond. Fearing that he will hurt Elsie again and skeptical of Ford's intentions, Bernard removes Ford from his programming and heads to the valley beyond alone. Finally, we find Dolores and Teddy on their journey to the Valley Beyond. They are briefly stopped by the Ghost Nation, who attempt to disrupt their journey. Teddy and Dolores defeat most of the Ghost Nation, except for one warrior who is spared, once again, by Teddy. Later on, Teddy confronts Dolores that he has seen how it all ends. The newly sentient Teddy tells Dolores that she has made him into a monster, and although he would always protect her, he cannot go on any more. Teddy lifts his revolver to his head and pulls the trigger, killing himself once and for all. Wow, we... Oh, man. Dang. Bravo, Dale. Bravo. That was Thanks. quite a summary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, past couple episodes, you, you've been saying it's got layers and levels. This one's got yeah. layers and levels, man. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I, I just stroke my hairless chin just thinking, man. <laughs> what is going on Westworld yeah it's, it's weird I feel like the vibe in this episode was, was just different I, I don't know if it be, it was because I felt like there there's a lot of different narratives going on that weren't like explicitly tied together mm, um, yeah. they, I mean they, they're all related they're all about the different characters and stuff but at the same time it was just kind of like preparing everybody for the finale. I feel like preparing them to get to the end, right? And so it it just it, it didn't feel disconnected, but mm-hmm. it's just like all these different pieces going on. And um, even before this, we we both had said that we actually went back and rewatched the episode for this one. Yes, sir. There's just like so much going on, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you had initial impressions. Just kind of watching it. Um, it, was, it was a heavy episode. It, it was. It was. And uh, I was going to say, this episode was pretty dark. It yeah. was um, depressing in many ways. And even the most sentimental parts of this episode, case in point, Maven and, and Ford, mm-hmm. it was still kind of like, man, like, Ford, you, you kind of messed up. And then, like, with Maeve, it was like, 
she was still on that, you know, um, that stretcher bed thing. And you're like, man, this is like, this is just really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Teddy suicide and then the William, like learning about his backstory, just everything yeah. was very somber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 and like you said, many layers and parts and pieces that uh, seem to be kind of getting getting all the the pieces ready to come together in the end so maybe uh maybe for a discussion it would be strategic to maybe break it down like uh by different parts of this episode where do you want to start (laughs) there's a lot um i mean i guess a bulk of the episode is dedicated to man in black and william's family Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how you know in our notes you titled it the family in black. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I is is cool. I, I I liked getting some more backstory for him because mm-hmm. I think at the end of the last episode, you know, I think you commented you're like not sure where they're gonna take his story arc specifically at this point. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like they're just showing us much more of, like, why he is the way he is or, like, how he even got here. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, these these things that we've known about, like, we knew his wife committed suicide and they just kind of had all these family issues, but now mm-hmm. we're actually seeing those stories told and presented to us. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was kind of surprised, like, because uh William kind of paints his relationship with his daughter as like fairly negative which i mean it is but i don't i, I don't know if they've yeah. mentioned his his wife's like alcoholism and like addiction issues in the past Mm-mm, no i, I um, think this is the first time yeah. we saw it yeah so i was, I was kind of surprised by that cuz it it presented this the story we like vaguely knew about mm-hmm. in kind of a way i didn't specifically like expect it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, William and Emily were pretty close, it seemed, because they're trying to care for Juliet. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like a little different from what I was expecting, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what you thought about the family dynamic. They almost seem united, like William and Emily, by like yeah. supporting his, I mean, her mother and his wife. Um, and maybe maybe that was the case until... Uh, Emily found his profile card and then she mm-hmm. realized, man, maybe this is a little bit n- more nuanced than I expected. Like maybe mom is suffering from alcoholism, not because this is a stain in her, but rather this is caused by my dad. Like my dad is what's creating this problem for mom. Um, so I think then Emily was kind of like, all right, well, you know, I, I don't know if I can fully trust my dad anymore either, you know, because of his mm-hmm. lies. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting snapshot from the past. Like it kind of seemed like they did have some, some really, some really positive rapport together. Yeah. And just yeah. like the scenes, once they kind of get back to their house, and like, I mean, William doesn't really say too much through most of that until a little bit right. later, and it almost like presents him in a caring light, 
Like, mm-hmm. at least that's kind of how I took it. Like, yeah, you know, his wife has this addiction issue, and he's there trying to help her, you know, as she's yelling and, like, hitting him. Mm-hmm. He just kind of takes it, doesn't say anything yeah. back, and just kind of like accepts stoic. it. And, you know, Emily's like, nah, and you're like, this is not okay. And then he's just like, you know, it's fine. You know, yeah. she just needs to rest kind of thing. So, like, him in the real world, seeing him having those real-world relationships is kind of like, oh, this guy, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just one, kind of one conversation, but he seems, mm-hmm. he is seemingly, like, nice and a little more caring than maybe he is, you know, especially in Westworld. I right. Guess. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think in, in, in our world, when we see in a family that someone is an alcoholic, we, we usually say, like, oh, yeah, that that's the end. Like, that that's the problem, the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the problem. But I feel like in, in this episode, we're, we're being shown that there are layers to that. Like, there's reasons to why maybe Juliet is going to this alcoholism and this, you know, going to parties and, and hanging out with these, these people and living this, quote-unquote, maybe lavish life. Or maybe she just has money, uh... Because she sees William. She sees past his facade. Um, and then finally really sees him for who he really is through the, the data card. Uh, and you're like, oh, hmm. Like, maybe the toxic kind of thing here isn't the alcohol, but it's this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think Juliet says that he's a virus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's infected, like... Logan, her brother, her dad, her, and, you know, just her whole family. And, like, yeah. I mean, they're still, they're kind of, like, not super specific on what right, she right. really it's, means. It's very vague, yes. Yeah, you know. Cause and she's basi- Yeah, she's just telling, like, he, his, he is a lie, you know. I'm like, I'm like, what, what, like what does this mean, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, kind of confused by all that. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And just the lie, the stain, um, you know, this thing you see in me, like you saw through it. <laughs> like, okay, see what? What What are you talking about, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so, don't know. And then, like, they also throughout the episode, they're teasing this idea that, you know, Man in Black thinks that he's a host. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. don't, they don't specifically say, I mean, I, by the end, I think it's, like, pretty obvious. But right, right. You know, in that first opening scene, when they're at that like charity event, he mm-hmm. he like grabs his forearm. Um, yes, that's right. And then he's kind of like, oh, you know, and and then he's I I don't know if that's during his like monologue kind of deal, but it's, it's mm-hmm. like pretty close. And so he like grabs his forearm, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And oh. then you know by the end, like in the last in the last scene with him in it, he actually cuts into his arm just to see what's in there. And then, right. and then the camera cuts out like right right before it gets any further. Yeah. Um and I'm just like, is is that just part of his delusion? Or mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm like like is he a host? That I, I mean yeah. and I would find that difficult to believe, but not totally out of question. Mm-hmm. Since he's like a pretty significant person in the real world, I just feel like that'd be really hard. And he has a family. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Anything's possible. Oh, there's so many questions with that because then it's like, all right, well, if he is a host, then at what point was he replaced, mm-hmm. right? And then also, is he also reaching sentience? Mm. 
So, and if he's reaching sentience, has it taken him 30 years to do that? Huh. You know? Or also, is he associated with the Delos Project? Like, is he a successful human-host hybrid? Yeah. Ford said the project doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was talking to Bernard in the cradle. But then out here, I don't know, because uh, they just, like, briefly show us his profile. Yeah. Um, when, when Julia is looking at it, they kind of give us the full-screen look, but kind of cut it away pretty quick. I don't know if you like paused or like kind of kind of took that one in. <laughs> um, but I, I did on my second watch. I, I like paused it, okay. kind of tr- tried to take in the whole thing. Um, I, I wrote down some of the stuff. Like, I think what, the main thing is kind of his personality category. It looked like, um, like three of the things I said about him was he's a persecu- persecutory subtype. He has delusions oh. and he's paranoid. And he's saying, I, oh, I think wow. the instance of this was really rare, and it had a percentage is like point zero zero seven two percent. Oh, um, interesting. So that was just kind of like okay. I think affirming that he has some like mental illness or like some mental issues in terms of hmm. you know understanding what's real and what's not real, just kind of based on all his experiences in Westworld, real world. Which I think Emily kind of talks about too is just like you you've lost your grip kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one one of the things that I didn't notice quite at first is like in the corner it says subject number two. Oh, um, and I was what? like, like you know, it was James Delos number one? Oh, oh, and like is okay. he number two? Like. Or like Dang. you know, I was I was like, there's a lot of questions up in here right, with right, this, right. Um, man. Or is he just like, like the second person they tried to analyze and back up, you know, with yeah. all the guests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. It's it's not explained. Man. Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, like, the more I feel like it would be less satisfying if he turned out to be a host. Because if we're really like trying to dig deep and if this show's trying to say something about humanity and how much we obsess about certain things, I think for him to be a human and just to be insane, I think would be, I guess, more in line with like what the show's trying to say. Mm. Like if he turns out to be a host, then it's kind of this whole other rabbit hole of like, okay, then... You know, it's just trying to tie up some loose ends, I guess. And I don't know. Maybe not tie up some loose ends, but mm-hmm. I would just like some closure. You know, just like, okay, just just let us believe that this is a man that's gone crazy. Yeah. Instead of a a man that has passed and that, you know, is once again part of this crazy four game that's going on. Mm-hmm. Though there's just... So many different threads in this show that you could really go any way, I guess. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. I think I would agree and say, yeah, I would prefer if that was still the human William. Because I think it would open up just have a bit more like commentary on the human mind and just like understanding different things. Um, but another thing I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about 
was during that charity event, uh, William sees Ford, and they have like a, a little bit of a conversation there. Mm-hmm. And when when Ford gives him his profile card thing, yeah, um, and William says um, somehow, you know, I, I don't, I think he just says, I don't remember if it's prompted, but it's like, hey, you know, we we had an agreement, basically, like Delos stays in the valley, and then uh, Ford doesn't interfere with them and then Delos won't interfere with his storylines and stuff with all the hosts mm-hmm. and then Ford's mm-hmm. response is like I didn't break or my creation didn't break the agreement yours did and oh. I, I was just like and then they just move on from that I, I, I didn't really catch that until the second time I watched it I yeah, just like yeah. like just in, in my mind trying to make sense of all that which is probably not helpful because you know Westworld's just going to take it somewhere but they, I think only because I have limited information, I'm just like, it's like self-confirmation or whatever. I was like, the only thing I can think of at this point in time is that William is a host and that he's a backup from the Valley and he's entered into the rest of Westworld. But I mean, that's obviously like, I don't have a lot of information and that's like the only thing I can okay. make sense with. And that's why, you know, Ford says that and William's like, what do you mean? And he's, he's kind of confused. But I think that's me reading into it. But at the same time, I was just like, I don't know how else to understand this right now. So you're saying when Ford was was telling him, like, well, it wasn't me that messed us up in the first place. That was William processing it. Like, that doesn't look like anything to me. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, he obviously he doesn't know he's a host. I think uh-huh. he's just, like, is thinking. Well, well, not to say he is a host. Like, if he is a host, he doesn't know it. He's not confirmed. Right. Um, yeah. Ultimately, like, I don't think he will be one. Because it's kind of like you were saying. I just feel like for the story, it, it just... I think it would hit more if that he, he was human. Yeah. You know? And, like, we already have, like, Bernard was revealed as a host. Pretty significant character. It just kind of seems almost repetitive to do it again. Right, just another, like, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. This kind of made me feel bad for William, though. No, I mean, he's I mean, he's a bad dude, so, you know, that That being yeah. said, his life on that, in the real world, wasn't very pleasant. Um, and, yeah, it's, just, it's hard to right. deal with. And uh, I, yeah. I don't know if he blames himself. Like, I, I assume he blames himself. For Julia's mm-hmm. suicide, like um, all all the stuff he said to her, like at the bedside when I guess he thought she was asleep. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, I resonate with that though. Like I I, yeah. I do, I do think what William, who, hmm, I do think William is 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 a bad person inside, mm-hmm. but I believe that to the extent that I think we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, bad people on the inside. And I think what William is doing in this show is an extreme characterization of how we cope with and how we protect others from that Mm -hmm. bad thing inside. And so, I mean, William summarizes it pretty well with what he says to Juliet on the bedside. He says, I built a wall and tried to protect you and Emily, but you saw right through it. So... I mean, if we can, if we can ignore everything he's done in Westworld, he as a human being in the real world 
you know, he's he's doing a good job at coping mm. uh, and, and, and making sure that, you know, everyone's taken care of in, in his in his real life and that he is, you know, helping others through his philanthropy. And, and, and but but maybe maybe what what Juliet is upset about is that in the end, it's all a lie. Like, um, it's just it's just uh, it's just not it's just not genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to that, I would also argue like, well, does it matter? You know, like, does it matter if like what I'm who I am? is not being revealed to you, but instead it's being revealed to this artificial world, which has no real stake in the real world. Mm. But I don't know. <laughs> does that does that make sense? Yeah, I mean it's just he's in some ways you could you could make the argument. I mean he's just trying his best, right? Given who he is, what he kinda has at his disposal, like I mean he's still was you're like CEO or like president of Delos, and that's like it's a pretty big deal, you know. And his family, at least materially, is being provided for and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and his company is moving forward, and so he's not falling apart in that sense. But at the same time, he's at least from I think from Julia's perspective, is just he he's like faking it, and like you're saying, he's not being genuine. He's pretending to be something he's not, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think what defines his whole life. Which they're like, oh, yeah, you, you're just a lie, kind of yeah. kind of thing. Um, well, yeah, and then I think about too, like in the context of marriage, like you know, you want someone who who is uh, who has fidelity, right? Like mm-hmm. who is faithful to you. And I think everything that William is doing in Westworld is proving that he's not faithful to yep. Juliet. And I guess even though that is an artificial environment, it's still proving something deep inside of him, which is that stain, that like unfaithfulness. Yeah. I mean, that's like when when he was talking to Emily in the present, you know, then when they were saying he's kind of explaining how he got all the information and all the data on the hosts and they, and they reveal like, it's in the hats, which I was like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> I like guess. Tight. Like, I guess you All needed right. to explain it somehow. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of move. She like takes the hat off. Is like, oh, and yeah, just puts it back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, there's like a huge camera on there. I never saw that. <laughs> like, I never noticed this before. Oh, <laughs> um, right. no, yeah, but, <laughs> um, yeah, like he was saying, you know, they the, the guests come here, pretend to be something else, like whatever they want, but Delos, they saw them for who they really were. You know, they saw them to their core because we are still who we are, like in our decision-making and processing, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's pretty deep. And then, man, I can't believe he shot Emily. Yes, like, that I don't was... what, like I don't know what was your initial gut reaction to that, but I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, <gasps> I was like, "Whoa, no way!" Yeah, I was You're like, crazy, "You, you, you, you don't messed up. Like you went too far, man." Um, <laughs> so, and I mean, he it seems like he, you know, he he's wrestling with that. But yeah, I, I was totally not expecting that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean what. 
Is she gonna come back to life? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, because I think that that almost like pushes me more toward the the narrative that he is human. Because now he somewhat, somewhat uh, wrestling with the consequences of like his delusions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's a lot. It's yeah. But that, that's just kind of. That's just part one of of all the different things to talk about. Uh, where where do you want to move the conversation to next? Okay, um, w- with Bernard, mm. uh, he he got rid of Ford. Yeah. So that was easy. Number one. <laughs> uh, number two was that part of Ford's plan. Mm. Do you think you think Ford was? kind of leading him and then providing him this guidance, but at the same time still giving Bernard the autonomy because it just seemed like for a while Ford was kind of controlling him. But at this point in the series, Ford was kind of giving Bernard, well, maybe Bernard always had a choice. And then maybe what Ford wanted was for him to make a choice. Hmm. But um, yeah, let me stop answering my own question. Uh, yeah, what what do you think happened there? Do you think Ford is is crafting this, or do you think this is just, you know, I don't know. What what do you think? What do you think about it? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I think Ford has a general path that he wants Bernard and all the hosts really to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of seen in like the Maeve conversation too. But oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, and then. But when Bernard is like, you know, kind of going a little crazy, you know, he's like, you know, get, get, get out of my effing head, Ford. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, I didn't really expect that. <laughs> like, you know, he, he got like pretty high pitched and like, oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he was really he struggling. He threw his gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just like so tossed his bad. gun away. He's like, oh, I'm just, it's going to be far enough to where I just don't want to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it. Yeah, um, but then during that conversation with Ford and Bernard, Ford, kind of, I mean, he says like he's not making him do anything. He's kind of just giving him the choices, and he's mm-hmm. kind of maybe nudging him toward a certain direction. Right. Um. So I don't like because Bernard is still going to go to the valley. Um. Kind of regardless, mm-hmm. it seems like that's like what he's decided to do. Uh, we don't sure. really know what he's gonna do there yet specifically mm-hmm. but he's already kind of been set on that path so I think yeah. that's all Ford really cares about I was I was surprised at Ford's distrust of Elsie though mm-hmm. it, it felt really um a little bit out of place where mm. you know obviously uh when um when Bernard sees Charlotte Hale, you know, Delos people using Clementine with Maeve's new code, you know, like right. having them kill each other and stuff. Uh, uh, Ford is like, you know, I told you to never trust them. Which, that, that makes sense. But then when Elsie and Bernard are out here, Ford is just like, she's going to betray you. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, what, mm. what makes you say that kind of thing? Yeah. So that could be just Ford like manipulating Bernard to push him in a certain direction. Because either way, mm-hmm. he still gives Bernard to separate from Elsie. Bernard is still going to the valley, right. and maybe that's all he really wanted. Um, mm. 
And but then I was wondering, like, he deleted Ford. Like, is that it? Is Ford gone? Yeah. Um. Like, did he like technically question. quote unquote kill Ford? Because he deleted his code and the cradle's gone. So I right. was like, oh, like I don't think that's gonna be the last scene we ever see him in. We see him, sure. Yeah, but I was just like, oh, like the implications of this is like. Ford escaped the cradle in Bernard, but now Bernard has deleted him. So, you know, like, good goodbye? I, I don't know. <laughs> Unless he, like, forever main, remains with Maeve or something. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, maybe he deposited himself in Maeve. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that whole Bernard deal, though, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, Ford, Ford has been a very static character for this whole... Uh, series i mean season one and season two he has not changed you know like the 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 ford as we know him in season one is still the same ford we're just learning more about what his plan is like this Mm -hmm. narrative he has as dolores being the bring the being the death bringer and uh you know a check a checketa being the messenger and all that stuff um but i wonder that i wonder if this was an episode in which Ford kind of changed um, mm. after seeing what happened to Maeve. Um, you know, he admits that he underestimated his creation. Uh, you know, that Maeve was able to make a choice that he didn't plan for. So I wonder, like, with Bernard, if he's kind of taking the same approach to where he is kind of underestimating the goodness within him that he, you know, I think he said something before he left. He's like, um, you, you, you are the only one that could stop this or something, right? Mm. You know, or it could be super meta where this is like force playing all along. And he's just, you know, the whole time kind of playing devil's advocate to kind of test Bernard. So I don't know what you think about that theory. That, that whole, maybe shift a little to also just talk about Ford's conversation with Maeve, um, that whole thing was interesting because I think that was, that was Ford in a fairly vulnerable um, moment. Maybe right. more vulnerable than we've seen him. And, like, mm-hmm. he basically was not, not acknowledging faults, but saying that, you know, he, he said he underestimated Maeve. Mm-hmm. And that he thought that she would just, you know, go in the certain way that he was kind of architecting for her, mm-hmm. but she chose not to. And so, right. like, him realizing that might also be changing his perspective. I mean, assuming, you know, this, like, code backup version of him can, like, change and grow. I, I don't know. Separate conversation. But Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, so maybe this whole grand plan he has, he still wants it to happen, but maybe he's more so releasing, like, the steps. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Um, yeah, because he, he, he tells Bernard, like, he, um, like the beginning of a species depends on his actions or something like yep. that. Origin of a new species, yep. Yeah, so he, he, I mean, he still has hopes and plans for um the hosts. 
Yeah, that might, I mean, that might be his ultimate goal is to have hosts in the real world. Uh, you know, that being the new species like Dolores, Maeve, Bernard. I mean, even Maeve was supposed to be one of the hosts in the real world. That was mm-hmm. uh, Four's original plan for Maeve. But she decides to stay. Um, so, yeah, I um, I could see Bernard being an integral member that allows for that to happen. Although that falls into one of the faults that I have about the show is that Westworld does a really good job at keeping secrets from us that are very critical to progress the story. Like that there's just this missing key that we don't know about that they suddenly reveal and they're like, Oh, it's like, you needed this. And it's like, Oh, okay. I, I guess, I guess you got me like, okay, that's, that's interesting. But, um, yeah, I think Ford is like this God character who is, is slowly finding that his creation is, 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 uh, is being harder and harder to control. Which, in some ways, is, like, what he wanted. Right. But it's, like, too soon, maybe. Like, they haven't been freed fully yet. Is it, though? Like, is does he want... Is, is, is his drive to have hosts be sentient and out of his control? Or mm. for them to be sentient to the extent that he wants to control them, like, mm. like have these internal drives like that Teddy has, like to be the protector, but to function that way, you know, free yeah. versus in these very tightly knit storylines. I don't know. I feel like I'm just saying, I don't know a lot in this episode. <laughs> Me too, and I'm just blabbering a lot. I just this is a lot of conjecture in this episode, just making predictions and stuff. Yeah, but maybe we could go to Dolores and Teddy then, since we're kind of talking about them. Um, well, what did you think about that last scene? Man, that was like if this episode wasn't already heavy. This this is gonna jack it up to the next level. Right. Um and it is so like emotional too. Mm-hmm. You know, like Teddy recounts like the first time he sees Dolores. Oh yeah. Um yeah, it's so it's so like raw and emotional and like I mean Dolores is taking it like kind of in a positive way, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and Teddy's just kinda like reminiscing and all this stuff. And, like, you know, Dolores is his cornerstone. Like, he can't operate in a different way than how he's been kind of programmed to, which you kind of just said. And that that kind of made me think, like, even though they are being given this, like, quote-unquote sentience, freedom, you know, choice, but Teddy, at least, is still being constrained by his programming. Yeah. Um and like so what is actual freedom for them? Mhm. Like maybe what you said is like on point like 
Ford wants them to be the way he envisioned them, mm-hmm. not just whatever they want to be. Yeah. Because even with this, like, Teddy still can't, right? And he's he's taken to this point where he, yeah, Teddy takes his own life. Right. Because he's like, I, you know, I, this is what I've been designed to be like, and I just can't do that anymore. Like, right, I can't protect right. you, Dolores. Like, I'll protect you till the day I die, and then I can't do it. Like when, like when he says that line, I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became uh, very obvious like, at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just building it up, and then he shoots himself. I'm like, "No, Teddy." Um, Man. Yeah. So there's, there's, yeah. Like, there's a lot of death, and just it's so heavy, and yeah, yeah, this episode, man. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of um a lot of death and um yeah, so with Teddy like I guess he couldn't reconcile with the fact that he was supposed to be this protector, this good guy, this person who loves Dolores, but at the same time Dolores modified him to be this ruthless guy who um kind of still protects Dolores, I guess, but uh, is 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 a savage to everyone else, mm. and I think that just dissonance in him was too much for him to bear. Um, and so the solution for him was to kill himself. Um, and I think like with other characters like Bernard, like it makes me wonder like what his primary personality is, and like mm. and and. and and like what he's doing to to reconcile that personality with what Ford is leading him to do. And maybe what Bernard felt like he had to do was to kill off Ford so that he could be who he truly has you know, needs to be. Mm. Um and then with Maeve, like who is she? Like is she you know, because you think back to her character back in the Mariposa, and she was also this motherly figure, right? To like clementine and the other uh people in the brothel uh so that's just like who she is um and then with dolores like who is she like she's like maybe maybe her primary personality is wyatt like just this real nasty person uh you know the Deathbringer, right who ford um references yeah i think we've been really wrapped up in like the journey that the hosts are taking to, I mean, whatever Ford has planned for them or whatever freedom they're trying to get to. But now I think slowly coming more face to face with like, yeah, what are the implications of that? Like what's that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I assume we'll see it in the next episode, the finale. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we can still watch it, like, tomorrow. I think that's what I need. I just need closure. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need to know, like, <laughs> how's everything going to end? Yeah, that's that's good. That's I was going to ask you, like, man, th- this is the second to last episode. Like, how do you feel going into the finale? Conflicted? I think there's a lot of little intricacies that i i just get caught up on with westworld got caught get caught up in with westworld and 
you know, I wrote this in notes, like it's taken me 19 episodes to finally realize how to enjoy Westworld, which is Mm. just forget about all those little details and just enjoy the ride. Yeah. But now that I think about what I wrote there, I'm like, even, even that, like just thinking about the story and the narrative, I'm like, there's just so much going on that there's not a common thread or common theme going through it that I'm like, man, I don't know. It's just, it's just so much to think about this. This show is grappling with so many different things and has like so many different stories intertwined together. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am is like, Mm -hmm. I just want some closure. Like I just want everything to be neatly tied into a bow. Yeah. I definitely feel that. And I think, you know, at the end of a second season, it it makes sense that I mean the 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 West World we are introduced to in season one, episode one, like never can no longer exist. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so far out now from that that it, it almost feels like too much. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, I definitely resonate. It's just like, please, in the finale, like, don't make me feel like the way I feel right now. <laughs> um, like, yeah. please. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I, wa- I want to, or maybe I need to watch the finale. <laughs> um, yeah, but some, for some reason, like, this episode just, like, just made me feel like weird, you know. Maybe just because it's so mm. like more dark, more heavy mm. um, than normal. Like, yeah, I almost like after watching it, I felt like um, almost like after watching an episode of Black Mirror. Ooh, you feel kind of sick, like kind of like kind of like you got something in your in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those like you know with Black Mirror, I'm I'm like I'm still not caught up because it's one of mm-hmm. those like I watch an episode and like I I can't go on because it makes me think so much, it makes me like feel so much, right? Um, where I'm just like you know you just gotta take it one step at a time. Yeah. But with Black Mirror, it's like it's an anthology, so like the episodes don't tie together. But with Westworld, you know, it's still mm-hmm. one story. Mm-hmm. So it's like man, I, I need to. I need to watch the finale, but don't yeah. know if I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, what's gonna happen? I want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think we're both walking away from this episode discussion, kind of like Dolores at the end. Just like I'm shook. Like how? Yeah. Just like I don't know where to go from here. Like I'm shook. Yeah. So I think I think I'm just gonna cut it right there. Just cut it we're gonna have to pick this up next week and then hopefully we'll have another kind of uh season in review to where we can kind of go back and really like digest some of these things yeah we definitely need to all right so uh to wrap up our pod uh, we're going to end with our typical segment what's making you happy this week so dill uh what's making you happy this week yeah, to uh, continue kind of our uh, culture X food conversation from last episode. Uh, earlier this week, I went to a Dallas Mavericks game. 
They played the Hornets oh, and they nice. won. So shout out. But uh, oh, hey. another thing is just it was Lunar New Year nights um, at the oh, Mavericks no. game. So it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, pretty in line with our conversation last time. But I, I I was pretty impressed with the amount of effort they put into it. Oh yeah. Um, like first, like they called it Lunar New Year. I was actually kind of just expecting them to call it Chinese New Year, like most people do. Yeah. Um, they had line dancing in there. It was still heavily like I think Chinese traditions. Right, but they but, at least um, called yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They had line dancing. Um, on the website, they said they had dumplings. No. Um, I was, I was, I showed up like right on time, so I, I, they weren't really doing the dumplings anymore. Sad, oh, man. but you know it's all right. Uh, they they had these T-shirts with the Chinese on them, telling you know it's like Mavericks, uh, you know like Go Mavericks in Chinese. Um, so overall, it was fun. It was, it was a good time with some friends. Just go watch a basketball game. Um, I don't go to too many live games, so it's always hype. I mean, we, we were up in those nosebleeds for sure. Yeah, but still, you know, it's a different energy when you when you're at a live sporting event. Sure. Um, and yeah, it was, it was cool just to see, because um, I haven't been to Mavs game in like a number of years. Yeah. So yeah, definitely enjoyed it. It was a little little different from my normal routine, and uh, it's cool to see you know as Asian people get that shout out. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, for me, um, I uh. I don't know. A lot has happened for me this week, um, especially this past weekend. I won't really go into it, but uh, you know, I think I'm just happy that everyone in my family is is pretty healthy. Mm. My dad is visiting my grandma right now in Taiwan, and he just spent Lunar New Year with her over there. And I think, especially now that she's getting really old, uh, I'm I'm really thankful that my dad is able to. Uh, you know, just spend time with her and, you know, whether that was, uh, you know, I mean, whether, whether, whether that it's just him, I think she really deserves to have people around her. So, uh, that makes me really happy. And, um, my mom, uh, she doesn't spend a whole, I mean, she, she does spend, I mean, so like my dad's always traveling. So like she sometimes, just has time alone and honestly i think she likes that so um you know she she can spend more time socializing with her friends and and also uh you know she does a lot of stuff with her church too so uh i say family is making me happy uh Mm -hmm. this week and uh you know especially with the things i've been going through this week it's just good to know that you know there are people that are looking out for me and that uh you know will will call me up and see how i'm doing and things like that so yeah. Uh, I say that's what's that's what's good. Nice. Well, uh, thanks as always for pouring it over with me, Dill, and uh, thanks everyone everyone for tuning in. I'm sorry if this episode turns out to be super long. We'll see if we'll do a little editing, you know, uh, just cutty. But um, yeah, we'll hope to catch you guys next week on our season finale. Mm-hmm. This was the Pour Over Podcast. You can email us at pouroveroshow at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. 
Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on sound, soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us, and take care. Yeah.